0: Welcome to Political O.D. episode 29. All and I have had a pre-chat about some of the themes running around uh, and it would seem that much of that conversation rests on public policy and the foundation of public policy and how when politicians talk about following the science, when politicians talk about having the evidence, it seems that not much of that is ever really presented back to the public uh, in any way that is either understandable or evident uh, or self-evident. We started that conversation talking about uh, the current discussion around COVID certification passports uh, in, in, in short term. And again, that worse the evidence that vaccine certification will actually make a difference w- will it enable better identification of positive cases and infected persons within a given setting will it assure infection free environments well, clearly won't how exactly will it reduce the spread of the virus particularly as at the present time on the data that's publicly available uh, covid infections are predominantly amongst those under the age of 20 and in particular in that group between 10 and 14 years old are we seeing public policy being used as a distraction to actually taking a direction that would make a difference or or is it just that they don't have any ideas but the passport thing is an easy one to put into actions so that that somehow technology will save us all what do you think Owen?
1: I think, well, I suspect that it's a case of being seen to do something and it is a distraction as well from the fact that uh, Stormont is failing to deal with many of the kind of long-standing issues that we've had in Northern Ireland. The fact is that if you keep focused on COVID, if you keep on this kind of emergency footing, then those issues fall into the background and you've alluded to the lack of data, the lack of evidence. I think it was Robin Swan who originally came up with this formulation of, uh, you know, we, we, we could share the evidence with you, um, but you wouldn't understand it. So we're going to keep it to ourselves. I, I don't know whether that's, you could call that the uh, could tell you, but would have to kill you theory. This is something that we're seeing again. We, we've had this argument that uh, passports are necessary. We haven't really had a, a strong uh, kind of rationale for what, why that might be. Um, or how it's directly going to impact the figures if it is going around um 10 to 14 year olds you know, first firstly those people aren't very vulnerable and secondly um, they're not the type of people who will be in hospitality uh, settings getting their passports checked because no. they're they're under age and, and, so, and on. so
0: and of course the, the other the other section that won't be, predominantly in the hospitality, is the group that represents 75% of all of those being hospitalized at the moment, which is in the over 60 category. Um, And that over 60 category is only 10% of the positive tests at the present time. So you've got a disproportionate number of those, of the most vaccinated in our society, actually in hospital. Um, the, the, The under 20s, by the way, only represent like less than 1% of, of those in hospital. So this isn't going to ease the burden. The, the, the vaccine passport, if you're talking about easing burden on hospitalizations, it's difficult to see how that will happen, given that the over-60s predominantly have underlying conditions if they're in hospital anyway, and that with COVID they're going to be even more seriously uh, in hospital. It, it just doesn't make sense. And if it's about push to encourage people to get the vaccination and young people... Well, yeah, they might get it to go to go to um, to, to an iClub, but honestly, that is not the section of society that is particularly coming through with positive tests at the present time.
1: Well, the executive wants uh, the the executive either feels pressure to to do something, um, or it wants to to keep this uh, issue on the table and and and, uh, and let other issues take less. Prominence, and this is one of the more palatable things that they think that they can sell to people because it it it's uh, aimed essentially at uh, at at non-vaccinated people. So it will be their freedoms that are that are being curtailed that they think will then be you know sort of reasonably popular with with people who see that as a an irresponsible kind of uh, course of action not to be vaccinated. You're right. The 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 pressure in the hospitals, uh, people. As they get older, remain vulnerable, whether they've been vaccinated or not, um, and people of younger ages, um, they tend to be unvaccinated, and um, also overweight, and those things are a lot more difficult to to deal with uh, than and, and to you know to persuade people to take ac- action over than you know just implementing this this scheme and hitting hospitality and uh, just seeing what happens, essentially.
0: If we're looking at evidence which just isn't there at the moment, uh, or or, sorry, if it's there, it's not being published. And I really don't see why we shouldn't see what is being presented to the executive as evidence, Uh, because clearly there are sections of the media being briefed on what is being said in that document that's going to the executive uh, and it really doesn't serve anyone uh, that they should simply ape what they're told which is conveniently supportive of what is 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 being done or uh, it tries to downplay the impact on people which seems to be contrary to why you'd need a COVID passport if it's not going to really have that much effect on many people. It's just that they're the data that we're meant to, the science that they're meant to be following, that they said they'd be following, publish it. And I don't accept that we wouldn't understand the data because surely journalists would at least be able to have the time and effort to actually look at that data and, and ask serious questions. But again, I am deeply concerned that our media simply do not ask questions they seem to be quite happy to repeat what a minister says as if they're being honest, as if the public believes the politicians are fundamentally honest in what they tell you.
1: Yeah, I think there's there's kind of two things at work there, um, and it's it comes down to the nature of, of journalism today. Really, firstly, there's the sort of uh, pressure of, of social media and the pressure of, of the 24 hour news cycle and reporting is becoming, you know, increasingly driven by social media. And then uh, either reporters don't have the time or the inclination to go back um, after the event and sort of dig into the figures, um, cross-question the the politicians and the decision makers. And, you know, there's also um, a starker division before uh, between reporting, which tends to be less investigative and um, have less time invested in it. And uh, commentary and and analysis, um, which sort of leans mainly to opinion. And obviously that's the kind of thing that I do myself. So I don't want to to talk it down too much. Often it's lamented that so much space in newspapers is devoted to to commentary and analysis, but it does at least provide at its best, um, you know, some context and a critique of what's going on, rather than just uh, regurgitating press releases. And I'm not, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be defensive about um, what's happening, with, the, in, in particularly in newspapers, uh, with some of that, because people are under extraordinary time pressures. It's a, an extremely difficult job. They are under pressure to keep pumping out this kind of social media output in order to keep people engaged online and keep clicks coming through to the to the websites and whatever else. We're slightly less um, excuse for the BBC and organisations like that. And I think some journalists in the BBC, certainly throughout the COVID crisis, have just really taken it upon themselves to amplify the public health message rather than to actually... Um, critique it or scrutinise it or dig any deeper into the figures behind it. And I'm not saying that from the point of view of of, of sort of saying that there isn't an important public health message to uh, to put out there. But I think we do rely upon journalists and the media to kind of dig a little deeper into that and not just parrot what our uh, ministers or our uh, uh, sort of health experts are saying.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I, I'm, I struggle, and it, it's something uh, I picked up also from, from our universities, uh, particularly QUB, I think, on, on, on the Brexit point, but not just on Brexit, where the emphasis on activist academics, where it's seen to be a good thing to have academics in the public eye, that you end up, activism is simply campaigning at the end of the day, I don't want to use the word agenda in, in that there's some conspiracy, but but certainly to uh, uh, to a personal purpose uh, rather than uh, what I would see as an academic environment, which should be looking at the issues in their totality. Uh, and I, I find that the activist very often uh, battles for something that is, is valuable, but not necessarily enlightening us and, and, and I think the same in journalism that you're finding or that I'm seeing a lot of, of particularly social media which which is clickbait rather than necessarily or, or simply a restatement of something that most annoyingly when every journalist practically tweets out the, the same Statement from you know, from from whatever leader or whatever because they're all standing in storm in the Stormont lobby and and they're all you know giving out the say you know, oh he's just Breaking. said that yeah 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 <laughs> this one has just said that well yeah I got I, you know, you get you know, you get it on social media from what five different sources but there, there's never any again enlightenment as to you know, what is the the context or or actually one of the questions you're asking is to to test. That politician, as to whether um, there is actually something, well, something. About journalists. Um, whether I do like Apple, but at times when every device goes off, it can be a little annoying. <laughs> um, sorry, back to back. Back to that, That, that is this. The journalists are becoming activists rather than than reporting. Not not just reporting, but actually providing enlightenment. If I if I read a newspaper, I w- I don't want to just see what press release someone's issued or what statements be made. I want to see you know, a, a bit of of extra in that uh, because otherwise, what actually you know, it, do I learn anything simply by by reading something that someone else wants me to believe um, without any questions or or curiosity around that. Um, I I just think that a whole activist world is undermining enlightenment and as our liberal democracy is based on the enlightenment, you know, are we being, uh, are we seeing a drift away from that, that uh, world of reason and rationality into a, um, uh, into a social media pit, really?
1: Yes, there's certainly that dynamic and I I wrote, Um, a column in the newsletter uh, a week or two ago about a certain poll that had been conducted on behalf of the university and I was noting that there was this very sort of indiscernible division at times sometimes between campaigning and and academia these days I think it's a sort of uh, it's it's a populist kind of path if, if you want to call it that because I mean a lot of this content is almost designed for social media. It's either presented in tweets. And I think you made the, the, the point at the time that a lot of the findings of that poll um, were brought to us through the medium of Twitter rather than um, in the actual yeah. report, which was quite flimsy. All day long, um, more people are going to sit and read a 500-word kind of polemical piece that that's uh, that's kind of driving home a political point on Q poll rather than sit down and, and plow through um, a heavyweight sort of 100 page document oh, and uh that that, that actually that, that actually sets things in context and provides data and uh, kind of allows you to to tease out your own um viewpoint on the topic. And the the same is true of journalism. I mean, I, again I don't want to be accused of hypocrisy, and you do get a lot of the kind of more almost celebrity type journalists the owen jones and people that, people like this uh, paul mason they come from a very um kind of hardline type of activist sort of standpoint where really their agenda is, is more you know pushing pushing a particular political point of view rather than enlightening the reader and i mean all, all you can do um when you're in that kind of uh, line of work is is Try to avoid that as much as possible in your um, own
0: work. I mean, again, this morning in the newsletter there was an, uh, a, a small comment piece uh, by a guy called Paul Kingsley, uh, who's a retired com- uh, computing academic, apparently, um, who has written a piece having looked at NISRA numbers um, and HR it, which are derived from HR HMRC data uh, on uh, north-south trade, which far from the documents that were published by um, the republic's departments um, show that there's been very little change year on year in terms of north-south trade rather than the overwhelming massive increase in Mm. all-Ireland activity. And It's just, well, it's it's pretty much standard. Um, I, I don't see that, first of all, being spread around very much. Uh, I suspect we'll com- continue to see how trade has been blossoming north side uh, because they won't, because this doesn't fit, perhaps. Um, but also what I'm wondering is here's here's a guy who's just looked at numbers, and there numbers that are publicly available. But there hasn't been any, I haven't seen or heard any journalist actually having looked at the numbers bringing forward that data. Uh, and, you know, again, it comes back, I, I doubt if Queen's will have looked at that data either, to be honest. I just struggle to know how, how do we get a better presentation of just the facts, just what's happening out there, because I'm all for increased data, but we need we need people to be able to present that to us and our journalists and our academics, the people that we might expect to bring information to public attention, don't seem to be up to that task at the moment.
1: Yeah, and I suppose you're highlighting two things there because there's a selectiveness in the data that you do see presented to you. Yeah. And um, usually that's because it it's designed to uh, stand up a particular argument. And then also th- there's uh, an issue, uh, again, uh, with uh, particular journalists who, who would be more scrupulous with time, and what they're able to you know, devote their time to, because um, they've got very great time pressures, very tight deadlines, and mm. just uh, a constant pressure to be producing copy or tweets or um, other kind of social media content.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I, do, you know, I think we're in serious danger of public policy simply being lost to populist endeavor in, in other words, you far from looking in the long term we'll be coming into a, an ever shorter, narrower time set around electoral cycles perhaps um, but, but simply because it gets some clicks on social media and it gets people attention. I think the, the thing that hit me in the in the past week in particular was this um, Belfast Council vote, Against the York Street interchange, which was apparently about uh, you know in the context of of, of um, congestion or something, you know the, the the congestion at at York Street interchange is massive. You know the tailbacks go back to Sandy Nos Roundabout in one direction and perhaps to Lisburn in the other direction. You've got standing traffic in this you know going through the center of belfast spewing out stuff that if you had an interchange you would lift that congestion and anyway seven years down the line you're likely to have more electric cars so the congestion you know the actual environmental impact of traffic is going to be lessened if we all meet the electric nirvana that we're all being promised Uh, not that we have the interchange at Moyle uh, interconnector at Moyle that will allow us to actually make best use of our electricity systems. Um, but you, know, th- there's no in the round long term documentation. There was a water document produced by the Department of Inf. Well, by 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 uh, what's Nicola Mallon's department called? It is Department it's of Infrastructure. Well. Um, that that was on on um, your know, plan for water. But in the opening paragraphs or in the opening summary, it pointed out that that's all subject to the money being available. But the money isn't available because we don't have the you know, we're told we don't have the money to do what we're doing now. So how on earth are they going to have do? Are they going to have the money to do what they desperately need to do because they haven't invested in maybe twenty years? You know the, the big issues are being lost to the to the the the, the Twitter attention to the neediness of politicians to be seen to be in the in the public I'm not even saying uh, uh, arena it's actually just in the public face you are in your face politics is what we're at now rather than actually people sitting down thinking and working out where do we need to go to as a country.
1: Yeah and I think it's actually degenerating because I mean this is a process that's been going on at different levels of, of of um government for many years. Uh, you know, where I think on, on the national scene, um the 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 kind of pressure was again on, on governments to be seen to be doing something and they, they couldn't leave anything alone and or or think anything through or give anything the deliberation that it needed because they wanted to produce headlines all the time and be seen yeah. um, to be acting. And in Northern Ireland, that's not even so much the case. I, I don't think it's so much the case even UK-wide, where now the pressure is to generate headlines and kind of go for the lowest common denominator issues, the kind of emotional issues that uh, will generate discussion on, on social media rather than, you know, kind of big um, infrastructure policy debates that actually impact on people it's far more uh productive to to you know virtue signal or come out with uh something around some kind of emotional issue that's only that only impacts on a, on a small number of people in order to to sort of uh, get attention on social media and it's just a a, a very kind of worrying phenomenon and um it's not serving public policy, as you say, uh, well at all.
0: Honestly, I think this has been a good ramble, uh, as it were, around yes. around our, our concerns uh, going forward. I, I think it's. Uh, I don't think we want to have any massive point, but but it, uh, other than today, pointing out that we need less activism and more consideration, a bit more enlightenment from. Uh, those in the public arena that ought to be ought to see as part of their job description to enlighten the public, rather than simply ape what is being said by our politicians or repeat a mantra that that serves a corporate policy line. I think it's probably better coming back and being more focused next time and, and and looking at a couple of issues. But I think it's been a good chance to actually bring some of those wider themes together today.
1: Well, um, next time, perhaps we'll have something to talk about in terms of Article 16 in the protocol, which has been absent from our discussion for once today.
0: Yes, indeed. It's, it, that just has uh, rolled along, hasn't it? it just, it's just rolling along in the background, uh, as is, you know, I didn't bring up the pa- specifically the COVID passport debate today, but I just find that whole thing just to be, a, you know, other than saying we, we've got a problem with evidence. Uh, but, but that's a debacle going uh, to happen. You know, if they want to deal with, with numbers, you know, it, it, politicians have to make difficult choices, um, but you know you should make you should actually put them out there and say these are the choices we can make. So you know, reduce reducing um, infection levels, close schools uh, because that would reduce the infection level almost immediately. Because we've got forty percent of infection levels. Um, you know, have have uh, the twenty percent unvaccinated in in the health service. Uh, have that done. It's not an excuse that the unions object to that. Uh, These people are dealing with the most vulnerable in society. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable any more than, you know, a surgeon having to have a hepatitis B injection, than than people dealing with vulnerable people having uh, the best protection they can have, uh, uh, both for themselves and for their patients. Well. Back, back into randy time uh, let's let's leave that today and uh and uh let's speak soon and and, and uh, let's get some substance together and uh and do that for our 30th edition
1: thanks david Speak to you then see
0: you then cheers all